Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be with all of our listeners once again today. We're so thankful to have this opportunity to gather together once more right here in the program and do exactly as its name suggests, and that is search the Scriptures of God's Word. We're here to, as we always do, dig deep into God's Word, to try to peel the layers back, to look at what God has communicated to us through His Word in an in-depth and detailed fashion. We want to help you come to God, come to God and understand his will for your life as to all that he has waiting for you and how he wants you to come to him. And in order to be able to do that, you need to know the basics, at least, about how to do that through his word. Faith comes not as a gift from God, as some people would say, us having nothing to do with it. It is not something that is accidental, as some would seem to describe it, at least to some degree. It's not something that just happens or is bestowed upon you or that you kind of catch like you would a cold or the flu or something like that. Faith is something that is developed within each one of us as we learn God's word, understand it, believe it, and then begin to make the proper applications to our lives. The formula is laid out for us, and we repeat this over and over and over again here on Search the Scriptures, laid out for us right in Scripture. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Or boiled down, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. Now again, a lot of people really do not understand where faith comes from, how faith develops, or even necessarily what faith is, at least not fully. And we want to help you have real faith. We want to help you, through faith, come to God and understand that God expects some things of you in coming to him. He sent his son into this world to go to the cross to die to pay the price for the guilt of our sins as the perfect one-time-for-all-time sacrifice. He is our Savior. We need to believe in him as our Savior. Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 24 that if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. We also must believe in God, the Father, obviously, as our creator. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says that he who would come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we must have faith, but that faith needs to lead us to some steps of obedience. Except you repent, you will all likewise perish, Jesus said in Luke chapter 13, uh, chapter, chapter uh, 13 and verse 3. So we must repent. We have to repent of our sins. When Peter was asked on Pentecost, what shall we do in response to the sermon that he was preaching about Jesus, the gospel, he said, first thing was repent. And then in chapter 3 and verse 19, and that was in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, and in Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, he told a crowd gathered there to repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Now, we also must openly confess our faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior and as God's Son. 
As Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But he who denies me before men, him will I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. So we must believe in God, we must believe in Jesus, but that's not all that real faith is. That's the beginning of faith. That, that beginning then must lead us to begin to obey and through repentance and confession of our faith in Christ. And then as we surrender to him in baptism for the remission of our sins, as Jesus told the apostles to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. And when Peter was asked on Pentecost, what shall we do? Well, the first thing he said to do was repent. And then he said, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So as we are baptized into Christ, the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins. We are buried with him in that baptism. That's what the word baptize means, immerse, burial, dip, plunge, submerge. And as we are baptized into him, it is into him. As he says, or as Paul says in Romans chapter 6 and verse, thir- uh, verse 3, as he talks about as many of us as were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death. And he says that again in Galatians 3 and verse 27. Everyone who has been baptized into Christ has put on Christ. So we come into Christ. We then are part of him in a spiritual sense. And we have, as he told Nicodemus has to happen, we have been reborn spiritually. Born again. As the Apostle Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, we have been made new, a new creation. So we come up out of that water, watery grave that we call baptism, a new person, reborn, redirected with a new life, a new identity, a new hope, new direction, and that is to heaven itself. The new hope eternal life with our Heavenly Father and our Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit in heaven forever and ever. How blessed we are that God loves us so much that he sent his Son to bring the gospel of salvation to us. We do hope, we pray, that as we study together each day that we're helping you grow in your faith and thereby come closer to God And in that process, helping you to come to that decision where you're not just just going to believe in God, but you're actually going to obey God, that you're going to come to him his way. Our prayers are with you, and our prayers are indeed for you, and we do pray for you. At the end of the program today, we'll give you some information by which you can contact us, You can ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD for free. And when we say free about these materials, we mean free. We don't want you to send us anything for them. Just ask. We'll send them to you, and we'll even take care of the postage. 
So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready, and at the end of the program we'll give you that information. Today we're going to begin a new study. We'll not spend a whole lot of time on this, but we'll spend sufficient time to get the point across to be able to learn and grow through this particular study. It's entitled, Watch Your Step. Watch Your Step. Boy, we need that exhortation, don't we? When we think about just life in general, we realize that we need to watch our step when we're going through our daily routines, and perhaps even more so when we're engaging ourselves in something that maybe is a little different for us. Maybe we're going to do something that's new, or maybe we're going to venture into some area that we're not accustomed to, and we need to watch our step. Just in life in general, we need to watch our step from the spiritual perspective, because there's danger out there all around us. The devil is here, and he is active. He is our adversary, as the Apostle Peter put it in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verses 8 and 9, and he is looking for you to slip up, to make mistakes, so that he can bring you down spiritually. He is seeking your spiritual and eternal destruction. Now, I say you're, I, all of us, I'm talking about myself as well. So because he's there and Peter portrays him as a lion walking about seeking whom he may devour, we all need to watch our step. In 1 John chapter 5, in verse 19, the apostle John wrote, the whole world lies in wickedness, the King James Version, or under the sway of the wicked one, as it is translated in the New King James Version. The point is, this world is a dangerous place, and we need to be careful. We need to watch our step. When we go back to the second chapter of 1 John, we look beginning with verse 15, and John goes into some detail here describing the nature and character of this world. First, he gives a warning. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. And then he gives bottom line reason for not falling in love with this world. He says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Wow, that should be enough right there. That tells us that if we're going to align ourselves with the world, if we're going to become primarily identified with this world and the ways of this world, then we're not walking with God. Because again, what did John say in the fifth chapter, verse 19? The whole world lies in wickedness or under the sway of the wicked one. Well, we see the devil's work all around us, don't we? Wickedness, violence, evil, sinfulness at every turn. And he tries to lure us into those practices ourselves. So John says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And then he goes on and says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, 
is not of the Father, but is of the world. Again, showing the contrast between the ways of the world and who people generally are following, and that's the devil, and the ways of God. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And those would be three major avenues through which the devil would strive to lure us into sin and in so doing, pull us away from God. And then John goes on and says, and the world is passing away. It's going to come to an end, in other words, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Now, someone might quickly say, well, well, when is the world coming to an end? When? When's that going to happen? Yeah, we don't know. Jesus said while he was here in this earth and he was asked that question, he said that even he did not know, but only the Father in heaven. We simply know that it's going to happen. This world is going to come to an end. God's going to bring judgment upon mankind. And in so doing bring this world, as we know it, to an end. Now, this has happened before, basically. When we go back to Genesis chapter 6, Genesis chapter 6, we find the world engulfed in the depths of sin and evil and wickedness. In fact, it was so bad that God determined that he was going to bring it to an end. He was going to cleanse this world by destroying mankind. So beginning in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5, we read, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. What an incredible statement describing the state of mankind, the character of mankind at that time. Every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord God was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. Now, we know the story, don't we? There was an exception. One family stood out, and that was Noah and his family. So verse 8 says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. Thank God for Noah. Now, when you think about everybody on the earth, other than Noah and his family, his, three, his wife, his three sons, and three daughters-in-law, and that every intent of the thoughts of their heart was only evil continually. My word. How horrible. This world must have been at that time. We think it's bad today, and it is. As we've read from John's 
instruction, his exhortation in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, it's full of evil. And this world is passing away or will pass away. It's going to be done away with. God judged this world, mankind is what we're really talking about, in the days of Noah. He brought the flood and it destroyed the world. But now that's going to happen again. When we think again about what John said there in John, 1 John chapter 2 and verses 15 through 17, he, he said, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, we see all of these around us exhibited through individuals we know, individuals with whom we come into contact, people we work with, neighbors, even our own family members many times. We see this all the time. This is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, John said, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Well, Noah did the will of God. So he was not he was not killed or destroyed through the flood waters of his day. Nor were his family members. They did the will of God. They followed Noah's leading, and thereby they followed God. Now John says this world is passing away, but he who does the will of the Father abides forever. Noah and his family lived on. We have the opportunity through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if we will walk with God, what a great statement that is. What a you know, great epitaph to have in your obituary or on your tombstone. He walked with God. She walked with God. And not just somebody putting flattering words up there in way of memory, but really meaning exactly that because that was the character of our life. We have the opportunity to live forever, to be with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit forever and ever, for eternity, if we will walk with God. But now we have to watch our step. We cannot just go about life in a haphazard way. We can't just do whatever we want to do on our own, whether it's God's will or not. We cannot be careless. We have to watch our step. In 2 Peter chapter 3, Peter writes to scoffers in this particular text of Scripture, people who are scoffing that, and this was not very long after our Lord had gone to the cross, had been put in the tomb, had arisen from the grave, victorious over death, and had ascended back to heaven. And yet, within this fairly short period of time, there were already scoffers saying, well, when's he coming back? When's he coming back? Look at all this time that has passed. Now, again, not very, not very many years had passed, but they were losing faith. When's he coming back? Every day the sun still comes up, and every night the sun still goes down. Well, Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering, now that's patient, toward us, 
not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God is giving us time to come to our senses, to come to repentance, to turn to him, to turn away from sin. But then remember Noah's day. Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. Noah walked with God. If we will walk with God, we will find grace in the sight of God. But Peter goes on and says in verse 10 of 2 Peter chapter 3, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. We're talking about the final day of judgment. God's judgment upon mankind again, and this time for good. One day his patience will be up, but he's giving us time right now. For each one of us, we have his patience being extended to us while we're still alive, and we still have a heart that could be receptive to God's will. But we can't keep pushing God away. We can't keep ignoring God's will if we want to walk with God. His patience with us individually can come to an end. We must be careful. We must watch our step to not walk in the ways of the world, which is passing away, and thereby share in its destruction. We must watch our step. We'll stop and park here today. We'll come back and continue this story, this study next time. Do want to encourage you, write down the information we'll give you in just a few moments and ask for that free Bible study. It can help you Learn how to walk with God and be ready when your life either comes to an end or when the Lord comes again on that final day of judgment. The study is free. Just ask for it. We hope to hear from you right away.